Today's episode of One Shining Podcast is brought to you, as always, by TheRinger.com. Uh, Tate, you know that the best compliments we get on this podcast are when people say, I have no idea what the hell you guys are talking about, yes. but I enjoy listening mm-hmm. to your pod. And I say that to say that is binge mode for me. Um, I enjoy listening to Mallory and Jason talking about Harry Potter. I do not know jack shit about Harry Potter, but uh, it's fun to listen to them. So uh, if you even kind of, if you even know what Harry Potter is, go listen to Binge Mode. Um, they do a great job of of basically talking about literally everything that's ever happened. Every blade of grass in the Harry Potter universe, I think they've, they've discussed. So um, go check that out on the Ringer Podcast Network. Also on the Ringer Podcast Network is the Ringer NBA show. Uh, a rotating cast of ringer personalities, including our good buddy, Kevin O'Connor, KOC. who we took to a Dodgers game on Thursday. We did. We took we him took out to the his world. very first Dodgers game Thursday. Yeah. Yes. We brought him out of his uh, his bunker that he lives in where he just like is is firing off all the takes on all these draft prospects that he's he's already he's already got his big board ready for next draft and just yeah. We had we had to take him out into civilization. And the Dodgers won 21 to 5 or something like that, Tate. So yeah. KOC, go to more Dodgers game. Yeah, it was historic. And Clayton Kershaw was on the bump. It, it was a great time. Uh, check those out. Check out theringer.com, uh, where stuff is getting published every single day. It's crazy. A lot of websites, they don't they don't have the the bandwidth to do that. They're like, I don't know if we can publish stuff every day. Here at theringer.com, we're like, no, we are going to have a wide variety of stories every single day. Type it into your little URL bar, hit enter. See what comes up. It's a little. It's a fun little game you can play. Yeah, bingo. Click on the article, read it. Mm-hmm. There's actually Tate. I don't know if you saw this. We and within the last week, we wrote one pretty bad article. I read it and I was like, "This is very, very bad," um, and no one should read this. So I challenge all of our listeners to go find that article and uh, send me send me your suggestions. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out which one it Share is. It. I'm not going to tell you which one it is. Maybe it was mine. I don't know. We'll see. Um, go to theringer.com though. Awesome stuff always going on today. Tate and I are. Going to talk about the big issues in basketball, which is, uh, I don't know, Tate, what are they? <laughs> Tate, you uh, tell the people what the big thing's going on. Yeah, there's a lot. We got to talk about LeBron and MJ quickly, right? We're going to we're gonna gloss over that. Uh, Always. Shaq's son uh, is going to UCLA. It's official. It's finally happening. Uh, Shane Bahannon had some uh, not-so-great things happen to him this weekend. Former, uh, well, I guess not a former NCAA champion anymore, but once upon a time he was. Ooh, interesting. Uh, yeah, very interesting. Uh, and then from there, it's just sort of throwing some things out there. And we got the uh, the March Madness all-time starting five. We just got to talk about that because— Oh, you're very excited about this. It's all You're very bloods. excited to talk yeah, about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course I am. Yeah. Of course I am. This is this is the we're, one we're, thing we'll I We'll get into everything. We, we have— we have a we both made a big list of stuff we wanted to talk about and there's no you know obviously it's it's the start of August all these college a lot of colleges are going out and playing in their uh, uh, international tours yep. that sort of thing yep. um, it's island so, but, but Tate and I do have we do have some thoughts we are going to break everything down that we want to talk about today but first Woody Durham. All right, Tate, it is Tuesday. It is August 7th. Um, I, I want to start the show with the big story that everyone has kind of been talking to me about. I can't seem to go anywhere. Uh, it's, it's kind of dominating the sports um, the, the, the sports discussions right now. Uh, and I, I just kind of wanted to, to just quickly discuss it, and then we can move on and talk, talk about basketball. But uh, as we know, one of our alma maters is uh, there's a scandal going on with their college football program. Um, it is... <laughs> I don't know. It's it's disgusting. It's disgusting the behavior that's being shown um, by the fans that are defending this behavior. And uh, I just I, I want to get your thoughts, Tate, on North Carolina selling North Carolina football players selling their shoes, just just quickly, and then we'll move on. I know I know it's tough to talk about, but uh, it is the big story in college football right now. I don't really care about like the moral quandary of you know whether these guys should be able to sell something that was given to them or gifted by the program. I care more about just the type of person and player it is to get you know, these nice three Jordans, these Jordan threes with the Carolina logo and think <laughs> immediately I want to sell this. You know, I mean, those guys... And you don't sh- want those? Yeah, you don't want yeah. those? Okay, well, then you shouldn't be in our program. You should go to an Adidas school. You know, that's pretty much how I feel about it. It has nothing to do with the the, the moral side of this. It's more about, are you kidding me? You don't want those Jordans? I mean, and, and the best part to me, the whole story is that Isaiah Thomas apparently bro- uh, bought his, you know, Jordan threes from a store um, like stadium goods or whatever, one of these, you know, shoe high-end shoe uh, places and and basically knew that it was coming from the quarterback of North Carolina, Chad Surratt, 
Um, that was like a selling point for him. You know, he was like, oh, this is real. It's coming from a guy on the actual team. And he was excited about it. Um, and then it turns out that's an NCAA violation, obviously. Uh, and then P.J. Tucker, the same thing. He bought he bought the shoes as well. And it was coming from a Carolina football player. Um, I, I'm, I'm not that upset about it. It's whatever. I mean, these guys... I know. I, I'm more upset that they sold the shoes. You know that that's what I'm upset about. You know what's about. funny? You know what's funny is when the uh, when the Ohio State tattoo thing happened, um, <laughs> and everyone was like, I, I mean, obviously, like, it, w- which by the way, when the Ohio State tattoo thing happened, it was the biggest scandal like college sports had ever seen at the time. And then, like, very quickly, other things happened in the college sports landscape. Yeah, and now other scandals. Back, like, oh, wh- yes. You're like, you're like, oh, what'd they do? They 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 sold their rings for tattoos. That's that's interesting. Uh but but the funny thing is when that happened, um I was surprised because I didn't realize that that was illegal. And um I'm still not exactly sure why it's illegal. I guess it makes sense that like maybe boosters would pay more money for the shoes than I, I don't know. Like I thought like like basically if you would have told me when I was a senior on the Ohio State basketball team that uh I wasn't allowed to sell my Big 10 ring, I would have been surprised. Because mm-hmm. I thought, like, I want it. It's mine. I own it. You know? Like, if, if, if a regular student had a Big Ten ring, they could sell it. Why can't I sell it? Um, so I, n- I never really understood what the rule is here. Other than, like, I guess it's a way for basically money laundering to go on where, like, the <laughs> boosters can can then be like, oh, I want those shoes. Here, Here's 10 grand for those pairs of shoes. And maybe that's... Maybe that's the problem, I suppose. But uh, I, I like to think yeah, it's it, it's like Vince Vaughn and Wedding Crashers. You know, like the painting was a gift, Todd. You know, the shoes were a gift. You know, yeah, that, that's what right. it is. Like, uh, it, and now you can't use that. You can't profit off our off our gift. You know, we we went out of our way to get these free shoes to give them to you yeah. for free. But but you know, that's but, really what it is. It's like <laughs> like the universities are hurt. They're like we we spent a lot of time shopping for this gift, man, and you just gave it away. <laughs> it's I put a lot of thought into this. How could you? Yeah, I've got um, her feelings. Speaking of Jordan, uh, do you want to do you want to defend your boy for? Uh, listen, we, we are a stick to sports podcast. Um, we I, I I don't want I don't really care that much about that. I think it's all honestly. I think it's all kind of funny, like the the Jordan uh, LeBron thing, whatever. I, I want what I want you to defend. Not, I, I don't really care if you think Jordan was hard enough on Trump or not. Whatever. That's oh God, I, no, I'm fine. not. I'm not doing that. I'm STS. What? But that's what that's what the discussion was. What I want you to defend, Tate, and what is egregious to me with the Jordan statement defending LeBron is that he called him LJ. What what is what is your angle here? So the angle the angle What is your angle of defense? First of all, I, I saw that tweet and I I mean I don't know. I mean I know a lot of people, you know, they they immediately got upset. I busted out laughing just for the last sentence alone. I mean just the fact that the guy said I like Mike at the end. I mean I, I just it, it's honestly yeah, yeah. The, the comedy of it is unbelievable. And the best part to me was I I said to myself when I first read it I said oh my god Michael Jordan probably loved this tweet, um, which really oh, yeah. was really which really I knew I was starting behind the eight ball as far as uh, defending what would happen but I, I am I am you know in, in typical Michael Jordan fashion he puts out a faxed press release that's his thing you know he likes to fax in press releases instead of he faxed it in <laughs> yeah instead of, instead of talking to reporters like a normal person it's like when he came back from retirement you know when he said I'm back he like went upstairs right, to the right. Bulls Bulls office and faxed in to the league I'm back as, as if anybody knew who I'm was you know it could have been anyone uh, yeah yeah <laughs> it could have been yeah. just like a, it was basically like if Jesus Christ you know was like I'm back you know everyone's like oh shit like this is crazy um so that's just the, that's the Michael Jordan way at this point um I thought the 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 statement that he put out was just classic. This this man is a PR uh, wizard, honestly, better than most. First of all, he calls him LJ, and then you know a lot of people were like, "Are you kidding me? That's that's him sunning him. Not even going to call him LeBron, yada yada." But he has this perfect caveat because uh, everyone that was super close to Magic back in the day, and, and including Michael, used to call Magic EJ. Um, you know, Irvin Johnson, obviously. Mm. So everybody used to call him mm-hmm. EJ and you had to be like one of his close friends to call him EJ. So I think LeBron is basically saddled up with magic. Uh, so Michael was like, okay, I'm going to give you the, the the magic treatment. And then it came out that they were sort of close behind the scenes. I don't know how much I buy into that, but regardless, he has, he has the perfect cop out there with the first line saying LJ, but it comes off as he's sudden LeBron. Beautiful work by Michael Jordan. Next part of the thing, he says, you know, LeBron is doing a lot in his community. 
And this was yes. the, this was the thing. <laughs> yes. This was this was the thing that really fired people up because um, you know obviously LeBron is speaking out a lot of prominent issues that that are going on in, in, in Black America and in the, the community at large. And when he says his community, Michael does exactly what Michael has always done, which is you know you know in Space Jam when Bill Murray's like Larry's not white, he's clear. Uh, Michael has, <laughs> Michael has played the clear card for so long. Like he has just literally towed the line for so long and he has the perfect way to get out of it again. Because if you push back on Michael and what he said, he just goes, yeah, his community is Akron. That's what I'm talking about. What he I like did, how, what he yeah, did in like, his community. By the way, I, I'm not talking about the at large community. I'm talking about Akron, Ohio. It, it's, it's just beautifully like, played. I like how you picked Larry Bird for the comparison there but in Space Jam and not the obvious analogy, which is O.J. Simpson, who said, I'm not black, I'm O.J. <laughs> no, no, no. We're Larry, I, I we're, think that's a real analogy you went for. <laughs> no, we're in Larry Brown or Larry, Larry Brown. We're in Larry Bird territory here uh, with all this. This is just this is just classic Michael. Uh, I honestly could not believe that he put out a statement. Um, I guess he had to with just how the, the, the way things are going. But I, he didn't. That's the funny thing. <laughs> the funny thing is like, the the whole last week with the LeBron thing with Trump, um, and and just the, the all, all of this that's been going on, which is like, what is actually going on? Does anybody know? Like, <laughs> it's just like we're putting out everyone's putting out. The funniest thing is like you see so many people, um, who are also like putting out statements. Like I saw I saw all these like politicians <laughs> and just like random celebrities that were putting it. They're like. Maybe it's not like a, as as official as Jordan's was. Maybe they didn't fax it in and all this shit. But they like they go to Twitter and they're like, LeBron James is a great man and a great mm. player and great mm. for the NBA. But like the way they were saying it too was like they were saying things that that I, I mean it was the most obvious. I wanted to get in on the action Tate. Like I wanted to make a if I knew how to do Photoshop, I was gonna put together a graphic that that's like LeBron James is a great basketball <laughs> player and a great man. And I like watching him play basketball and then put in quotes and like put a big graphic that says Coach Titus says this. And like, this is my official statement on the matter. Like people, people were chiming in with their official statements when there was no need for an official statement. No one is disputed if LeBron is like good at basketball. That was the other funny part was like so many people were like, he's a great player and he's also married to his wife and has kids. And it was like, cool. <laughs> that, that's, is anyone disputing it? That's sort of the weird part to me too, because it became this, it, it didn't even become like, obviously the basketball was like LeBron James is the greatest basketball player right now in the NBA. That was like, obviously a given that people brought up, but just because Trump, you know, basically attacked his intelligence, everyone, everyone was doing the, yeah, yeah like, yeah. like LeBron, like, you know how, like Nick Nick writes, like you know, LeBron is a smart man. You know, we know Trump may have be more educated. Yeah. He may have gone to business school or whatever. LeBron James is smarter. <laughs> like you know, they're just well, like they're just completely going into these realms where like it's just like it right. does it really have to go there? Obviously, it was a personal attack. It wasn't cool to come there, especially in a tweet at midnight. That makes no sense. Who does that? that that's just irrationally yeah, wrong. Like that. There's there's just. Well, <laughs> It's just the funny. Like I understand, I understand the 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 defending LeBron for being smart and all that because that's like kind of what the that is like an issue. I think like people thought the president was just attacking this guy, and now you're going to come to his defense and say he's not just a basketball player. He is smart. He's doing this and that. Uh, What was funny to me was like people were just basically getting on LeBron's Wikipedia and just copying and pasting his resume, and they're like, (laughs) "How how dare you, sir? This is a man who has won." Four NBA championships, or th- what is it? Has, how many is LeBron? No, it's three. This is classic Ohio trying to pump up LeBron. Mm, Give him an extra one. He's won three. This is a man who is. This is a man who <laughs> three and has six. won the MVP multiple times. This is a man who has. He. This is a man who played for the Cleveland Cavaliers, then the Miami Heat, then the Cleveland Cavaliers again, and now plays for the Los Angeles Lakers. How dare you, sir? And it's like, what, what are you actually saying here? You're just kind of. You're just literally. You're reading his resume, and also LeBron has 15 shows coming out. This could not be a yeah. better time Dude, for the LeBron James PR war. The he, summer of LeBron. Yeah, he's the, the, the summer of Bronny James too. <laughs> Bronny is going to. What, what, what do we know about this high school? Uh, Bronny is just enrolled in. For those uh, who missed it, uh, yeah, this is right down. This isn't in your neighborhood, is it not, Tate? I don't live in Santa Monica, but it, it's right up the road. Yes, mm. right up the road in Santa Monica, and it's where mm. Sharif O'Neal went. It's all the same. It's where Sharif O'Neal went. I didn't know that. It's also where Bro- Jonah Hill went. I didn't know that. It's apparently just like a school for all like superstars. So Bronny James is perfect. Can we get are Are you getting season tickets to the Bronny James basketball games this year? I'm waiting is he to, even on the high school team. No, he's in eighth grade, right? I'm I'm waiting. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting until. Yeah, that's the other thing I don't really understand. I, I like he's in eighth grade, but everyone's like he's going to this high school, so I guess it's just already determined. 
I'm I'm waiting you know for junior gonna, year. I'll, That's when I'll go. Junior I'm gonna year. call my shot right now. I have a feeling a, a reclassification is in order for mm. Ronnie James. Yep. Oh, speak. And we all know what that means, dude. You just we ba- all know what comes after the reclassification. Uh, you're going to Jeff Capel's school. You just buried the lead. He just yes. Bro- Bronny James was at Pittsburgh camp. He went to a basketball camp under the tutelage of the great Jeff Capel. So I mean, wait, what? Yeah. Did you not see this? I told no, you. No, I did it. He's no. in Pitt. Yeah, he went to a basketball oh camp God. led by Jeff Capel. Which I mean, I don't know. I think Coach K has really underestimated the power of what Capel can do with the bag. So. Um, uh, Bronny James is already thinking about going to Pitt. Uh, he's already put out some things that he loves the Steelers. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding about that, but at the, at, <laughs> but I, but I'm sure I'm sure this will happen. You know, Black and Yellow is probably his favorite song of all time. I don't know, but but Jeff Capel is already working his magic on Bronny James. That's something to keep an eye on. Uh, Sharif. So sh- you said Sharif O'Neal, Shaq's son. Yes. went to the Bronny James High School Crossroads. Um. I just saw that he is now enrolled at UCLA. Um, is is the, for some reason I feel like it's news. Uh, I wasn't really following it that closely. I just I'm, I keep thinking back to that story I read on UCLA where they thought they they thought that UCLA was going to lose like all four of their guys. That uh, uh, who were they again? I forget. Uh, the, the four Chris Wilkes, Jalen oh, Hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Wilkes, Jalen Hands, yeah. uh, Sharif O'Neal, and then the one guy who no one remembers that who was, was in, China. in China. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. other, the other China kid, <laughs> the guy who's not Levar Ball's son, that kid. Uh, they they wrote the article about how like all four of them are probably not going to be back, and um, this is really troubling times for Alford. And then now all four of them are there. I, I'm smelling a Duffy nomination tape for excellence in journalism with this one. Yeah, I, I I think it'll come out because also the weird thing, right, that we we covered when Sharif O'Neal flipped from Arizona to UCLA was he didn't sign a letter of intent. So he makes his last minute, you know, switch Ooh. to go to UCLA, but he never signed his LOI. So everyone was sort of that's why the the story came out that no one no one knew if he was able to if he was going to be able to get into UCLA. And so when he signed he he signed a grant in aid to attend UCLA like this fall. It's official now. He's in summer school. I think today. I think he starts summer school. So this is this is now actually happening for for real this time. And mm-hmm. and, and it was a weird drawn out process because even Shaq, I remember. Someone asked him, he was doing some interview. Also, Shaq's a DJ now for people that haven't kept up. If you want to have, you know, 20 minutes of free time, just Google Shaq as a DJ. He just does like EDM festivals and stuff now. It's unbelievable. But someone asked him in one of those interviews or after a show or something about his son going to UCLA. And he was, you know, it was like, we're still working through it. So I think it was a lot of behind the scenes stuff that may come out one day. But for now, the Duffy in the bag has been dropped. So Sharif O'Neill is there. And, you know, he had 29-17-5 in their state title game for Crossroads. That sounds pretty good to me. So is, he, is what what is the grant and aid thing? Is that just another way to say scholarship? I think it's I, I think because yeah. you just put it in my head like why <laughs> why does he even take a scholarship from UCLA? Why doesn't he just walk on because his dad's rich as shit? So I was just saying that you can get another scholarship. We should do that where like second generation, third generation kids that come in that are just like super, especially after this era of NBA players. You know, like when Nick Young's kid is coming up and you know. 10 years and he has like 15 million dollar cars and all this other crap that you know Nick Young has made in the NBA uh he he can just you know he doesn't have to get a scholarship what's the point you don't need a scholarship like Sharif O'Neal this is a yeah he doesn't need a scholarship this is an excellent point by the way Steph Curry this is the ripple effect of the 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 ripple effect of all the NBA guys being rich as shit in this generation where the the contracts are going up the cap's going up I don't know if you heard Tate yeah the the cap's cap's going up it's 2016 all over again it just keeps going up (laughs) It, it keeps going up the cap can anybody stop this cap? I don't think so. It just keeps going. Up. You know the cap. Um, the cap reminds me of uh, the economy in South Park. You know when they're like trying to all praise the economy. <laughs> That's how I feel like all these NBA people are. It's like all praise the cap. We hope we we hope we don't have a hard cap. cap this year. Oh um, god. But so all these guys, like all the NBA players, are obviously making more money than ever. And you bring up a good point that that means their kids are going to be growing up rich with wealthy. more money than ever. Rich yes. with the with the NBA genes, which means. If they're going to college, this is this is going to be an. Ex- we have a very exciting future for you and I in the next like ten years or so. It's going to be great. We're going to call it the Bronny James it's era. Gonna be yeah, it's it's going to be all five stars. Going uh, to yeah, play. the the summer of Bronny James continues. The summer of LeBron continues. Um, it's it's. I don't know. You're, you're, we're we're going to have to get you to some of these games, Tate. Go to his eighth grade games. I want reports. I want reports on like is Chris Paul in the stands, like in the middle. It's it's going to be the middle of. 
of February and Chris Paul is like at these eighth grade games with LeBron trying to coach the team with LeBron and you're like Chris don't you play in Houston like what what are you doing here you guys are you guys are on an east coast road trip and he's like no I flew in to, for this game just to to point stuff and and yeah. show people what a pick and roll is with, with his brother right there sitting next to him and I imagine him like pointing he calls Bronny BJ for sure he's like BJ BJ when he picks he's gonna roll he's gonna yeah. roll he's, he's gonna, gonna roll to the basket give it find him find him cut to the basket someone someone showed it so there was a video uh someone sh- I, I found it somehow I, I think I tweeted it from the one shotty pot account where uh Chris, someone was uh, at the Chris Paul camp and they said like I'm one, one of the surprising things about this camp is how hands on Chris Paul is in coaching and I'm like dude you haven't been paying attention to Chris Paul if you find that surprising that's what this man does he's he's in the grocery store showing old women how to post up I don't, how she's like I, I know you think if you're a point guard you can't post up but let, let me show you something if you get him on your hip right here now you get him on your hip now you got him yeah. see see I got him now <laughs> look I'm in triple threat look at me I can do anything I can pass I can shoot I can dribble triple threat <laughs> You see, uh, you see, Chris Paul donated two point five million to Wake Forest. Yeah, he's how about uh, that? How about had, that? I, how about that? He's I had he's, this, he's I all had this over. thought, by the way. Yeah. Quick break to get a word from our sponsor, Proper Cloth. Finding a dress shirt that fits is nearly impossible. Something is always off, be it the collar or the sleeves. Thankfully, ordering a custom fit shirt has never been easier with Proper Cloth. At propercloth.com, you can easily create a custom size shirt in seconds by answering 10 simple questions. Choose from over 20 collar styles, 10 cuff styles, and 500 fabric styles, from classic to business to casual, to completely customize your shirt and get the style that you want. Each one of their shirts goes through extensive quality control testing, so you're getting the absolute best quality and craftsmanship. Best of all, Proper Cloth guarantees a perfect fit. I've said that before. It's perfect, meaning that if somehow your shirt doesn't fit perfectly, they will remake it for free. The whole process itself is risk-free. This is the future of shirts. These shirts are made completely custom for you, and they're starting at just $80. Stop wearing shirts that don't fit. Start looking your best with a custom-fitted shirt. Go to propercloth.com shining today. Enter gift code SHINING to save $20 on your first shirt. Back to the podcast. I had this thought. I was thinking of, uh, so it's summertime, and you and I, obviously, we're kind of running out of stuff to talk about, and we need uh, things to latch onto and, and takes to, to have to be passionate about. What about this one? I'm, craft, I'm crafting this idea, this movement, and uh, I understand it's going to be universally disliked, but I think that might actually help the cause. I think like the more you can piss people off, it might actually be better for us. Mm, mm. Uh, can we move Wake Forest back to Wake Forest? Yes. Thank you. This is, can, this, I start the, can I start this movement? These move are good. Wake Forest. Yes. Please. From Winston-Salem back to Wake Forest. Because I don't think people understand that, like, I, I I guarantee most of the country doesn't understand this, that Wake Forest University, and stop me stop me when I'm wrong, Wake Forest University started in a town called Wake Forest, North Carolina, yes. which is kind of close to NC State and Duke and Carolina, right? Yeah. So the, And then they just, yeah. they just up and move the university to Winston-Salem. Let's move it back. Who says no? Now it's a seminary school. Uh, but yes, it used to be, uh, a, a small little private Baptist university up until like the 1950s, basically. But that was the big four. That's what my parents grew up with. That's what I, all I heard about growing up was about my, my hometown is closer to Wake Forest. So I almost went to school in Wake Forest. Uh, shout out to Wakefield, uh, you know, Wake Forest, Roseville, all those schools that are right there, great schools. But it's Wake Forest, which is Wake Forest, obviously. Raleigh, which is NC State. Durham, which is Duke. Chapel Hill, which is, you know, North Carolina, obviously. And the four of them are right within 20 minutes of each other. And this isn't like a tightest 20 minutes. This is a real 20 minutes. And <laughs> they're all around each other. And it, it's the perfect. Now it's the triangle. So they Wake Forest moves to Winston-Salem. Winston-Salem kind of blows up with Greensboro and Charlotte. They're down in that area now. And now it's the triangle, which is Durham, Chapel Hill, and Raleigh. But they cut out Wake Forest. It could have been the square. It could have been the big four. Right. But they cut them out. We had the, or, or a rhombus. It could have been the rhombus. <laughs> yeah, it could, yeah. have, been, could rhombus. have been some sort of shape, you know? Equal, I mean, I don't even know. So quadrilateral, we'll figure it out. But at the end of the day, Wake Forest needs to get back to Wake Forest just because it, it fits them perfectly. Winston-Salem, I mean, there's just so much going on, and it's like a, it's like a big old city in and of itself, but... Uh, Wake Forest is supposed to be small and and, and sort of homey, and, and it, the campus is still there. That's the worst part about it. You know, you can drive by and still see the old Wake Forest. Is it really? Campus. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, yeah. What, what do they do with the buildings? Did they, they made just it, turn they, into they high school or something? No, they turn it into a seminary. So it's like the it's the oh the, the old university is a seminary. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So that that's where we're at now. But I I like that. This is I'm happy to hear this. I'm glad you're sharing this with the people because if I'm talking about this, think- everyone's upset. 
How do you think the Wake Forest fans will uh, react to that idea? Is this or, or do, I, I bet there's already like a grassroots movement. I bet there's like twelve guys that are like trying to start a movement to get Wake Forest to move back, and like no one is trying to hear that, and they're just like, "Shut up, dude!" and and they're just like diehard Wake. I don't know. I guess Wake Forest probably doesn't have. Do they have a lot of diehard fans, Tate? They do have a lot, but but they're like. Uh, but it's it's a small yeah, alumni base. Yeah, That's why I was saying. I don't, mean to, I don't mean to shit on Wake Forest. It's just a smaller <laughs> school and all that. I don't know. <laughs> I'm really I'm really painting myself into a corner here with the Wake Forest faithful, dude. <laughs> It's 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 like one of those things where like Winston Salem, the the regular public, you know, now they pull for Wake Forest, but it's not like they're they're really enthusiastic okay, yeah. about it. I you know you. what I mean? It's like you get the, you. you get the Reynolds family, which is like old tobacco money, like all, all those people that are involved. But 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 that's like a, a bygone era, you know. It's kind of past that point. So it's the 21st century. Let's bring them back. Let's restart this thing. Let, let's get because the problem, what it created, Titus, which is the biggest problem, is Wake Forest is supposed to be NC State's rival, right? They're supposed to be the private school that's right mm-hmm. north of them in the same yep. way that yep. Durham and Chapel Hill, it's like private versus public. That's the whole point. That's why any NC State fan that tells you that, that North Carolina is their rival or Duke's their rival, I mean, tangentially, yes, but also you're wrong. And so if they came back and they were close enough <laughs> to Raleigh, you know, these, also you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you would have some, yeah. you'd have some bickering back and forth between, you know, some of the like, you know, the the architects and the farmers at NC State, you know, yelling at all the, the you know, the the future doctors and lawyers at Wake Forest. And it, it's the perfect it's the perfect team to have there for them to hate on both sides. You know what I mean? And this is, they've missed it for so long because they've been lost for so long. This is a good point. This is this is the NC State. I mean, and but then. As you said that, though, I'm thinking like, man, that would have been awesome to have like the two, I don't know, to have the rhombus, to have the Carolina rhombus or trapezoid or whatever it would have been. But then I'm hear i I'm thinking about it. Everything you just said means that's what led us to the current state of pack pride and yes. all the insecurity complexes that NC State has. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm having my second. Here's the question, though. Why doesn't Tim Duncan, and maybe I'm wrong on this, too. I might be, I might be. I haven't really thought through my Wake Forest takes. I'm, in lo- uh, I'm enjoying me, this. Let me just preface it with that. I feel like Tim Duncan is not an active alumni with Wake Forest. And I don't mean to say that he should be donating money like Chris Paul, but like, can we get Tim Duncan? Maybe he is. Maybe I'm just missing it. Maybe it's not popping up in front of me. But like, I need Tim Duncan more plugged into this program, especially now that he's retired, Tate. He was that fair? That is fair because I know last summer he worked out at Wake Forest a lot in Winston Salem. Oh, he did. Okay, he, but 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 but, but, he's but. Just, I guess he's just quiet in general. I guess like his his nature is not it's not his thing to be like I'm I'm back on campus here I am. Like <laughs> does he even have social media? I guess no. I guess maybe that's the problem. But he definitely, I feel like I feel like the Tim Duncan. I I can't even tell you the last time Tim Duncan and Wake Forest. Like I felt like he was. I don't know. I I, I don't know. If if you told me like Tim Duncan hates Wake Forest and never goes back. I would believe you because I don't. I've never seen anything to prove otherwise. Is what I'm saying. The only reason that I know this is because last year John Collins, who is on social media, went back to Wake Forest, and there was a picture of like John Collins, Tim Duncan, and Darrell Moore, who was going into nice. his junior year. And I was like, "This is unbelievable. How is Wake Forest not promoting this more?" Tim Duncan's just working out. Like Danny Manning's in the background with like Randolph Childress. I'm like, right. this is this is all things that you could sell to people that have any sort of idea what's going on in the world of basketball. But I, I don't even think they even cared to retweet it or anything. They were just like, yeah, I guess Tim's back. And also, they're a private school. So do you know what you have to do if you make a donation to a private school? You have to personally put it out there that you did that. I don't think Tim Duncan would ever be the type of person <laughs> to, to put out his, you know, like, you know, his fil- fil- like philanthropic efforts out to the world uh, like, you know, right. someone else. Uh, the, the P is for philanthropy and CP3 at this point uh, with what he's donating back to Wake Forest. So, I mean, you, you have to put it out there yourself at a private institution, which I'm happy for Chris. I think it's great. He has his camp in Wake Forest. I used to go to that, or in, in Wake Forest, in Winston-Salem, I used to go to that. Ty Jerome was the standout star of the camp this year. That's probably the biggest story, right? Did you see all this love that Ty Jerome got? Wait, so the college players go to the camp? Yes. Well, I thought high school players. Is, it, is no, it college and high school? No, it's all the way. The, so they have, it's CP3 Rising Stars, which is basically like, Chris Paul's way to kind of illegally recruit kids to his AAU team that are like <laughs> 10 years old. So when you go to this camp, you'll see some of these 10 year olds. You're like, my God, this kid's going to be unfreaking believable. They got like handles for days and all this stuff. There's obviously like little CP3 junior there. Like everyone wants to take pictures with. It's like a whole thing. So it, it goes all the way up from, I think it starts at like age eight or something. It goes all the way up. And then there's like actual live college players and then NBA guys that obviously come back to that Chris personally invites. 
But uh, Ty Jerome was the one that every single person I saw, like, you know, Evan Daniels, all these guys are tweeting out, like, here at CP3 camp, let me just say this. Ty Jerome may not have uh, the skills that necessarily translate to the NBA, but this kid's a player. He's a gamer. He's like, everyone here knows he's a gamer. And, I'm, and I, I was just so happy for Ty Jerome. It's, it's just great spin. And then Tony Bennett had this big story that Dana O'Neill wrote on The Athletic this morning. And uh, I just got to read uh, one of these quotes for you. Because, I mean, th- this is the summer of Tony Bennett and Virginia. If any team had lost to a 16 seed, they would just be the laughing Yeah, stock. no shit, dude. Could you imagine if Bill Self, you know, dude. before 2008 lost to a 16 seed, the amount of just shit that he would have gotten all summer? But... Tony Bennett's so likable. That's what it is. That's what it's the whole good guy thing. Like who who wants to really make fun of Tony Bennett that badly? Like you just make fun of the style of play, but then like he's not a fun guy to like attack him personally and 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 all of that. Well, he's just like gracious in defeat and all. And he, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like if Bill Self would have done this, it would have been the if I mean if Coach K would have done it. Holy <laughs> shit. If Coach K would have done this, our whole summer would have been breaking down why Coach K is done. Yeah. We would have been, every single show of this podcast, we just would have been talking about that game. Yeah. We would have been, we would have, we would have just basically spit, we would have taken a four minute section of each, each, each four minute section of that game and just broke it down for like an hour and a half. And that would have been our entire summer. It was just that. I, I honestly think oh if we were doing this podcast when Lehigh beat Duke with CJ McCollum, I, I would have spent the entire summer breaking down why CJ McCollum would be a superstar in the NBA. But that's, that's, <laughs> that's here nor there back to Tony Bennett. So he, <laughs> he, write, he writes this piece. So now he's attacking us and laughing in our face. So the, the whole point of this story is that Dick Bennett, his dad, uh, w- w- borrowed an old African proverb. Um, and that proverb is run to the roar. Um, so I don't know if you know mm-hmm. this. Everyone knows this. But uh, when a prey nears, the oldest lion uh, the, sits on one side with, with the weakest in the pack and the oldest lion. And, and they basically as the prey comes, they let out a mighty roar. And then on the other side, they have like all the young hungry lions and like the strongest fit of the pack, basically. So the lion roars and then the prey runs the other direction right into basically uh, the trap uh, with all the other uh, big lions. So this is how Tony Bennett is, mm. is facing the summer. You know what I mean? He, he's trying to get his guys to run to the roar instead of being uh, uh, basically afraid of the moment. And that's why things sort of played the way that they did when they played a 16 another, seed. That's what I learned today. Another point that... <laughs> Another point that me- needs to be made is Tony Bennett has found a way to make this coach speak shit sound kind of inspiring and good yeah. because like he's he's so soft spoken that like when you hear him say these things and he'll, he'll like quote what was the thing he said uh, I I I put it in my article I should remember this I, I my my famous article where I said Virginia's going to be different this year and then they lost to the 16th seed um I was I was writing about what he said uh, after they lost to Syracuse when they were up by a ton. And then they blew it and should have gone to the final four and they blew it. And he said, like, so he's like, you know, my, my, my pastor used to say it's dark at night and then it gets, it gets light in the morning. And he said something like that. Like, it's the, dark, like the darkest before the dawn. Yeah. Some, some along. He just, lines. he just quoted know. the dark night and everyone's like, yeah, man, this guy's exactly. profound. Uh, but he said it like, it's such a soft spoken way that I remember watching. And I was like, damn, damn, that's, that's great coach. I like that. I'm taking that one. That's great. That's great. But then, like every time I hear any other coach say stuff like this, it's it's it, I don't I, I roll my eyes. I'm I don't know. I hate coach speak so much because it's just like I was. I, I think I just had bad high school coaches when I was coming up, and they would just like plaster the shit all over the signs, and I just like roll my eyes at all of it. And um, I don't know. You mean, you mean like one guy? One guy put one guy had one of my coaches had a sign in the locker room that said, "Ask not what." your teammates can do for you. Ask what you can do for your teammates. I was like, and then he attributed it to like someone in basketball. I was like, coach, that's, that's JFK. <laughs> what you're saying there? <laughs> I, I have, I like, what the fuck's happening here? I, I have your quote and it's from a hymn. It's from a hymn. Weeping may endure. Oh, for, is, okay. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Yeah. AKA it is yeah. darkest before the dawn. Right. Right. It's not, it's like, it, it's not that profound. It's not that, I mean, like if, like you said, if, in, if if Eric Musselman was taking his shirt off and like shouting this at his players, I'd, I'd be laughing at him. I'd be like, "Come on, coach! Like this is this is tacky." But uh, yeah, Tony Bennett just says it really soft spoken, and I'm just like, "Man, what a guy!" Your ears so, your ears perk anyway. up, and you're and you're kind of sitting there, and you're you're completely ready for it. Uh, I, yeah, I, I just wanted to bring that up because I, I read that this morning as I woke up. Uh, actually, a coach in the NBA sent it to me and said that you know you know Dabo Sweeney has that line, "Bring your own guts." Um, it, <laughs> 
it's like the funniest thing ever. Like he says BYOG, you know what I mean? So the guy texts me with just BYOG exclamation point with that article from Tony Bennett. Just to, I guess because they're all saying the same thing, you know, it's just basically like suck it up and, and try to win. Um, but, you know, BYOG. Dude, we need, I think, I think this is the problem that we need uh, us, you and I as a coaching staff in our pursuit for the Chicago State job. Our biggest problem is, I mean, I have the Make Chicago State Against slogan, but that's really for the campaign to get the job. Yes. Um, I think we need, like we, like you said, bring your own guts. We need run to the roar. We need like a little hook <laughs> that um, that everyone will rally behind and everyone, like the, the who's the guy at Minnesota? The row your boat guy. Yeah. Row the boat guy. Yeah, row the boat. <laughs> he just said row the boat. <laughs> I I wanted I wanted uh, we, I wanted to be run to the roar, run up the score. I, I want to be known as like ooh, the wor- I, like th- I want to be the worst sports in college basketball. You know what I mean? Like I want to run up the score on everybody. Be, yeah. I was gonna say it has to be something that's like really simple and stupid, and yet you try to like make it profound because that seems to be the thing. It's like like take the punch. Like what if that was our motto? <laughs> and then you like, then you like build a story around it. you're like yeah you're gonna get punched in life you just got to take the punch and then it's just like. That's what happens at these programs. You then like put it all over the. You put like signs all over the place. It's like take the punch, and then like guys buy it. Like isn't Oregon football? Oregon footballs is win the day. I think. Yeah, win the if day. If I remember right. Yeah, win the day. Win uh, the day. Yeah. And it's like, it's, hey, it's fantastic. How about this? Who comes up with this shit? How about this? We'll, we'll just do win the night. Win the night. <laughs> uh, if if we're Easy. playing a day game, just just no, forfeit. No, but no. If we we'll, play a day we'll game, we don't even show up. That's our power move. Yeah, we don't show up. We're yeah. winning the night. Like win the we, night. We won in our night. minds. We'll see you tonight. You can play us tonight if you want to, but we don't do we don't do day games. Uh, yeah, that's 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 sort of the uh, you you brought up like the slogan. The, I think the funniest thing that happened on our we talked about our Purdue trip or whatever that we went to a couple weeks ago when I was in the Midwest with you. But they had on the wall, uh, "Earn not given." They had the Brad Calipari quote. And I, and I really just I forgot wa- about that. I just wanted to like put like a little hyphen like Brad Calipari like in the weight room with all the Purdue players because it's so perfect. In quote, yeah, or not give it. Uh, speaking of Purdue, did you see uh, while we're on the topic of Chris Paul <laughs> dropping a duffel for Wake Forest? Did you see this news that someone has made a donation to Purdue uh, of ten million dollars to start an endowment to pay for the Purdue head coaching basketball salary? Is it Robbie Hummel? Did you see this? Tate? Is it Robbie Hummel? It, it's Robbie Hummel. It's, nice. It's, it's Brian Carter. It's got to be Brian Carter. But um, <laughs> this this on the heels of you and I going up there and taking a tour of all the facilities and the brand new football facility and the the, the Purdue people telling us how they had their day of giving mm-hmm. where they just basically are like, all right, today, give us money. <laughs> and then Purdue fans are like, okay, yeah, that's that's it, it's Purdue day. Here's Here's my money. And you and I were like, this is definitely money laundering in some capacity. Like, there's something going on here. There's something shady. There's, there's, there, it's embezzlement. It's money laundering. It's, it's racketeering. It's, it's some of those words that you hear that just get thrown in. And you're, no one's exactly yeah. quite sure how all that shit works. Mm-hmm. That's got to be going on here. And Shell then, company. like, not two week, not two weeks later, this news comes out that some guy who ha- has enough money to give ten million dollars away. He could give it to anything. Tate. He could cure cancer. With $10 million. That, as, in my understanding that cancer is $10 million away from being cured. This man could have cured cancer. Uh, he could have done various things, Tate. He chose to pay Matt Painter's salary. Nice. And to that I say, congrats, embezzlement. Congrats, Money Coach Painter. <laughs> Thank, way to go, Coach Painter. Way to work it out. Um, I, I will say this. Uh, it, the Purdue faithful, they sort of remind me um, you know Joel Osteen, like the the super pastor that you know is like all over. Oh, do I? Yeah, yeah, he's everywhere. Um, it kind of reminds me of like the, the just the earnestness and and when they told us like we're like how do you get this fifty dollar fifty million dollar facility and they're like I mean it was just the Purdue Day of Giving and we're blessed that it all worked out and we were able to get this beautiful Dude. building. It's like the same way with Joel Osteen. People were like you know I'm just blessed to have this man share the word with me and then he just pulls up to church in a Ferrari. It's like, well, <laughs> it's like, all right, well, I mean, I get like, you know, there's some days of giving and everything, but this might be a little bit excessive. <laughs> Dude, the, the the guys that we were with at Purdue who were giving us the tour were, it, it, it sort of reminded me of what Greg was talking about where uh, we're, we're, maybe Greg was just playing, a, doing a good job of of uh, denying stuff. Yeah, but, deny, uh, deny till you die. Greg, deny, deny, deny. Maybe that's but our slogan, deny added, till you die. Ooh, deny till you die. That's the winner. That's got to be the winner. That's and it, fantastic. And it's about defense. Um, it's not about bag dropping. It's just about our defensive play. Yeah. yeah. Deny till you die. <laughs> I like that. I actually do like that a lot. Deny till you, like someone's going to take that. 
Someone's gonna that honest to God could be could have been Patino's like philosophy (laughs) with the press defense and shit. He had a huge thing on the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Like we were very close to that being a reality. We're like Patino had deny till you die as his motto, and it it really was based on his press defense. And and then and then the name of his book is I'm not dead yet. Oh, my God. Uh, we should be working for Rick Pitino's media team. That's for sure. Like his PR team, really they should, should hire us. We're ready. Oh, back, back to what was I, what were we even talking about? Purdue. Uh, oh, so, yeah, the guys the guys that we're walking around with at Purdue, they're, they're telling us about all this money. It reminded me of Greg where he was like, yeah, you know, it was the weirdest thing. I was like a sophomore in high school, and then suddenly, you know, our AU team, we're getting flown all over the country, and I'm getting free stuff from Reebok. It was, it was very strange. I don't get it, but, you know, those are some really nice guys. That Sonny Vaccaro is such a nice guy. Like, <laughs> Very nice. It was like the same sort of thing with Purdue guys. They were like, yeah, not really sure how it works. We just call some people and they give us money. It's so weird how that works. Yeah, and it's it's just, <laughs> we're, just, we're just so, yeah, they're yeah. just like so excited about it. They're just like, like, it's like little kids, you know? It's like, oh man, this is just so nice. It's all working out well. And me and you were just skeptics. We're like, wait a second. Um, what? Wait, what? $50 million? Wait, what? Yeah, $50 million. How much money did Brian hey, Cardinal uh, make in the NBA? I want to talk to you about some of these. I don't know if you've been paying a ton of attention to some of these um, foreign trips have started. Mm. And the only reason I know this is because Ohio State's trip to Spain started. Um, and then it, it got my attention. I started paying attention to other schools that are going around. Are, d- d- does this matter? Are you, are you a guy who's following these tweets from places? And like, basically, let me get to the point. Do you care that Cincinnati lost by 19 to a Canadian team? <laughs> yes. Because I think it, it, it goes to show that, you know, we do all these fake tournaments anyway, where every single year we make up a fake tournament and act like it's, it's some sort of tradition, you know, the CBS classic or whatever, the Hall of Fame classic. Mm-hmm. It's time we have a Canadian classic. It's time that we we take these Canadian teams that are good, right? This team that they lost to, you told me. They That's won, a great idea. They won like 13 out of 15 titles or something like something that. Something like that. Can't. I don't, the I don't, team, I don't well, know anything remember, about Canadian basketball history. Uh, but, uh, but Well, remember when we right. did the pod with the... Uh, Remember when we did the pod with Simmons, and he was he was caping for the uh, Montreal team, and I was like, "No, don't do that. Do, was, do this other team." What was it at McGill? In McGill? I, I think they're in like, Ottawa. He was like, "Let's yeah, get McGill. Let's, let's get McGill." <laughs> and I, I'm pretty sure like the whole basis of liking McGill was a that they were in Montreal, and then b because they were in Montreal, he had heard from people that Montreal had good strip clubs, and like that was his whole basis of yes. like. Yes, this team should be good, um, but no. And, and then the whole time, the whole time during the pod, I was like, "No, the real Canadian team is Carlton. This team, I'm pretty sure they're in Ottawa. Um, who's won like they're Ottawa, basically yeah. UCLA, the '60s and '70s. Yeah. Anyway, Cincinnati played them and they lost by 19. And um, I think like the defense, if you're Cincinnati, you're like one. Th- this doesn't matter. Like you, like Mick Cronin was probably. Pro- we don't know. We don't have the footage of the mm-hmm. game. It was. Mm-hmm. It was. Del- it was. Nike sees the footage like it was Jordan Crawford dunking on LeBron and they threw it out. Um, or whoever, wait, was Cincinnati Under Armour now? Under Armour sees the footage. Are, are they Under know. Armour Does now? Oh, I think they're, I think they're Adidas are they? still, right? Are, are they, they Adidas? This the, is, this is a problem. <laughs> oh, this wow. A good no, no you're right. They, they are, they are Under Armour. They used to be Adidas. Yeah, I thought I've, they were. I've, 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 I, um, oh, God. A poor Adidas. So you're saying. We're we're not going to see what actually happened. Let's just say that Mick Cronin was trying different lineups, um, whatever. All, and and Carlton's not a bad team. I don't I don't really care. It, it it doesn't matter. It's August. We don't really care. Cincinnati, I'm sure, will be fine. Though Cincinnati is going to win at least 24 games this year. They're going to average like 63 points a game, but they're going to have like the third best defense in college basketball. And then we're going to talk about how they might be different this time because they have this one guy who can score a lot, Tate. But then. Spoiler alert, they're not different. They fucking mm. suck at offense, mm. and that's going to be Cincinnati this year. Um, we, we all know the story. The reason I bring it up and the reason I think it's interesting is because, like you said, the the idea that there might be a Canadian team that could sort of compete with American teams has my interest, and I wish there was a way we could like bring them into the fold. I wish there was a way Carleton could play, you know, like maybe not compete for the national title. That wouldn't make a lot of sense, would it? But, uh, like, yeah, do a Canadian classic. Why not? Or- Why can't we go up to Ottawa... Or what if yeah, what, do, what if we do, do a handful of Canadian teams versus American teams? What about the first? So the first four that no one cares about anyway. So if we take the the Dayton first four games, and we have four international teams that we bring over, like one from Spain that's like the best team, and one from Canada's the best team, and one from 
Croatia, that's the best team, and one from Serbia, that's mm-hmm. the best team, and the four of them play each other, and then they're in the tournament. And then you're five seed, and now you're playing this ridiculously good Canadian team. You know, I mean, that's fun. I'd watch That'd be that. awesome. Yeah, and it's like it's like FIBA basketball. They they get to play their own basketball rules, so you have to you have to you have to translate your game to their rules. I don't know, something stupid like that. That's what's going on right now. Yeah, so it's all they're, they're playing the FIBA rules. Which, by the way, uh, Ohio State beat the shit out of the team in Spain that they played first. And, uh, you know, that's a feather in the cap of guys like us that, um, I don't know, Tate, people were saying, Luka Doncic, EuroLeague MVP. Mm. Everyone's saying the EuroLeague is so much better than college basketball. Well, explain to me, if the EuroLeague is so much better than college basketball, why did Ohio State just beat some random team in Madrid by 30, Tate? Mm. Mm. Can't do it. No one can explain it to me. I uh hmm. I I have a little really interesting. I have a little side story. I talked to Trey Tompkins, uh, who was on Luka Doncic's team, um, a couple days ago over the phone, and he Ooh, he was journalism. He was giving glowing reviews of Luka, because I was trying to get him to say bad things. I was like, how how I was like, you're you were really the best player on the floor that night. Everyone knows it. Everyone that watched the game knows that you're the best player. You know, just trying to gas him up so he would talk, you know, junk about Luca. He was like, no, nah, everyone loves Luca. He's a great kid. I'm so excited for him. I think he's going to be great on the Mavs. That was a great pick by the Mavs. I'm, hmm. uh, I'm like, my God, just say something bad so I can have something to report. What? Hold on. What did he say first? Did he say he's a good guy first or he's a good player he, first? He's, he said he's a good kid. He's not even a good guy. He's a good Ooh. kid. You can't. You're not smart enough to read through the lines. There? I mean, yeah. I mean, it sounds. I mean, it sounds. I mean, we know what a good guy means. Uh, good kid is. You know, it might be worse than a good guy, honestly, because you're also young and still trying to figure it out. But he was the MVP. He did say he was the MVP. He said he deserved it. It was. It was. It we'll wasn't. A, it wasn't a Magic Johnson. You know, uh, when Kareem should have won. You know, in '84 or whatever. He, like, like this was or '85. Yeah. Here's my question: Could he average even ten points a game in the old Big East? Eight. I don't think so. I think I think he comes down the lane. He takes an elbow. You know, back when men were men mm-hmm. in the old Big East. Mm-hmm. Luca tries his like Euro game. Like he's like, oh look at me, I'm European and I'm like smarter than everybody because, you know, like that's what European basketball players are. We're we're really smart mm-hmm. and watch this. Watch how smart I am. And then some guy on Georgetown, like Roy Hibbert, takes his elbow and just throws it in his face and is like, if you're so smart, why did you drive to my lane, bitch? <laughs> and then and then Luca's out for the year. That's what would have happened in the old yeah. big East. Yeah, back Could in wrong tape. Back in the old days. Back in the good old days. That Speak, would have happened. For speaking sure. of the big speaking of the big East, I got a few other things I want to talk to you about. Uh number one, Marquette is currently on ESPN's BPI, which is one of the best metrics we have in the game. And uh really we, we don't even need the selection committee. We should really just use the BPI. Marquette is currently ranked fourth on ESPN's preseason BPI, Tate. Do Wait, you agree what? or disagree with with Marquette being fourth? Uh Wisconsin is eighth and Kentucky is ranked twenty second. And then and then ESPN <laughs> like <laughs> Oh, let me just say this. BPI, BPI will never be referenced in Big Blue Nation ever again. They're done. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Preseason, Marquette is fourth. And, uh, Kentucky, and, then, and then like ESPN, so they got this algorithm that's obviously trash. And uh, like whoever whoever created the algorithm, like I, they're punching stuff in in the preseason. And you know they're just crossing their fingers. They're like, Please don't be bad. Please don't be bad. Please don't spit out bad stuff. Please, and then they sh- they see Marquette fourth and they're like, "Damn it!" and and so they write this big article like explaining why why this happened. Basically, is it because it's because really Mar- not a good explanation? What, what's the? I mean, I would think the only reason is basically Marcus Howard's a junior and he's one of the best three point shooters in basketball. That's about as far as I yeah, can I mean, get. I mean, I'm like, okay, maybe I don't know, but definitely not fourth. Although. Although it is kind of smart to like to to create an algorithm so that way you can't people people can get mad at you and say like your algorithm sucks but they don't get like mad at you personally. Yeah, like when you, I do my power rankings column, yeah. yeah, people know that that's my opinion of like which teams are better. So they get mad at me. They're like, "How you're biased? You're this? You're that?" And they're not wrong. I am an idiot who's biased. Uh, but when you do an algorithm, you're like, "Listen, man, that's what the numbers tell me. The numbers <laughs> tell me Marquette's fourth and Kentucky's twenty second. <laughs> the numbers that that have come from someone making up an algorithm have told me." That this is fact. The other, uh, the other awesome uh, bit of journalism in the college basketball world is Jason McIntyre. Uh, you know who this guy is, yes, right? Of course, the big lead, right? Yeah, Jason, something like that. Yeah, Jason McIntyre put out his annual preseason top fifty college basketball players heading into the season list, which is like is always 
the the most comedic thing you can read <laughs> in college basketball of the year. It's like it's like an annual tradition for me to read that thing and just laugh my ass off. Um, highlights this year, Tate. Luke May he has Clayton one. Custer at he has Clayton Custer at twelve. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would honestly I I think we should do a thing where we go around town and just ask people who Clayton Custer is. You know, I mean, the, the people have already Dude, forgotten, which is awesome. Because like if you only if you only watch you know March Madness, you'd be like Clayton Custer. This guy, everyone knows him. You know what I mean? But no, that's that's unbelievable. Dude, people. People at the time didn't even know Clayton Custer. They knew Sister Jean. This was the whole problem that we had in the yeah. first place. They, they knew like who Clayton Custer was. They're like, oh, the like a little cute little white kid, yeah. the the point guard kid. Like he's yeah. kind of he's kind of handsome, isn't he? The that new, little boy, yeah, yeah the new that Aaron guy. Craft. Like, yeah, yeah, like that was the guy. Like no one knew his name because no one paid attention. And dude, that that is a great idea. We should do a video. We should do like the uh, the uh, what is what is Kimmel? What do they call that segment of Kimmel where they do like fake news stories and yeah. try to get people to get their lie on lie witness we, news. Live witness news, yeah, yeah, do that with Clayton Custer. Uh, so Jason McIntyre puts Clayton Custer at twelve, and then DeAndre Hunter's at twenty-one. <laughs> <laughs> I literally just spit out my drink. <laughs> then, <laughs> this was this was my favorite one. Uh, Brad Davison, Buzzcut Brad, yes, is thirty-seven, yes, which is actually too low. Brad needs to be higher. Um, but I love the, the the reason I thought it was so funny was that he was exactly one spot ahead of Jonte Porter. <laughs> and I love that vision. And who was who was then one spot ahead of Kyle Guy. So Ooh. he had Davison at thirty seven, Jonte Porter at thirty eight, and Kyle Guy at thirty nine. Was um, was Ty Jerome was Ty Jerome on the list? Did he not hear the buzz coming out of the CP three camp? Dude, I actually I don't know. I didn't let me let me look there and try to find it again. There's, to find there's, there's no way that he's on there. I mean, th- this is just. Basically, that list sounds like someone that needed to figure out 50 players that people would remember from college basketball last year. And then you just put them in a random order. Who's number one? Do you, do you remember who number one uh, was? I, I, I think it's R.J. Barrett. I thought, uh, let me pull it up. Oh, God. It's, it's R.J. Barrett. He's got, so here, here's his top five. It's R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett, I will say this right now for the record. R.J. Barrett is not the best player on Duke. So I don't know how I don't know how that's gonna happen, but we'll we'll leave that alone for now. But this is why it's so juicy and why and this is why I love Jason Baggins. Jason, please never stay if, if if by some act of God you end up listening to this and you think I'm making fun of you, I promise I'm not. We're we're laughing we're laughing with you, Tate. Is that right? Yeah. Please, I just, please never stop doing this. this I, I want him to count. come this on is, and explain his algorithm. That's what I want. <laughs> explain your algorithm. Uh so he does RJ Barrett, number one, Cam Reddish is number two, <laughs> Nas Little is three. <laughs> <laughs> it what? gets better, Tate. What? It gets better. Listen, we got Barrett one, Reddish two, Little three, Zion Williamson four. He's got three Duke guys at the top four. <laughs> that all play the same position. <laughs> and then, holy shit, he has Grayson Allen at seven. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's a joke. Oh, uh, I'd believe it. I believe so, it at this rate. That's awesome. Is, had, is, Mark, Mike, is, is, Bolden, Dom, is Bolden number 10? He's just got like all the Duke Mike players. Mike Dom's at six. Oh, Mike, Mike Dom. Dom's at six. Luke Mike May's Dom. at 10. Luke May 10. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Like that a lot. I'm pretty sure Ty Jerome didn't make it. But anyway, uh, yeah, that that's going on. So um, what 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 do you think? The you got po- anything else? I, I just want to say, what do you think the point is of doing a list in August for college basketball? Because it it, it for this it will inevitably yeah it'll lead to comedy obviously and I mean I, I guess that's the angle but I, I just feel like that's I don't know it, it's tough you gotta have a you gotta have a BPI Dude. if you're gonna do that yeah I, that's what it is. there's there's no content right now there's uh you know in in college basketball people want content that's why they're still listening to our podcast date that's why people are still tuning in they want to hear us talk about college basketball but there's like not much to talk about so you got to create these lists and then give guys like us just comedic material it's great it's fantastic we need we need to do something though like the the nba has famously as everyone knows has become a year-round sport um (laughs) this is no one denies this uh it is now a 12 month a year sport tate i feel like college basketball what are we up to at this point like i think it's eight months six no, I'm Seven? gonna go, I'm gonna go eight. Yeah, you think you're going all the way to eight? I'm going eight. I mean, we need to we need to fill the gaps. We got to figure something out here. We need we need something. Um, and I don't know what the solution is. You and I need to, to come together and figure something out for this. Uh, like the, like I feel like the 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 TBT is helping a little bit, but that's like what, I mean the thing was over at a snap of a finger, and also this team the overseas elite team wins every year. Um, 
But the idea of like an alumni tournament is awesome. That would be cool. That could that could be cool if they like made it drawn out more. But like by the time it starts and I get into it, it's over. Uh, so I, I don't know. They're they're doing they're doing this like March Madness like uh, super bracket. You know that I that we talked about a little bit at the top. I think. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I, I think that you you're think, the only person in America that cares about. No, no, no. <laughs> I think what they should do is you know how they got rid of like NCAA basketball, like the video game, like EA Sports couldn't do it because they couldn't yeah. you know give these guys their likeness. Ed O'Bannon, thanks a lot. Uh, but anyways, if they could take the top eight blue bloods, put all of their skills into a video game set it all up and then have like th- these nerds play a tournament and then finally figure out every single year who the top blue blood is. Maybe I watch that. Mm. Maybe. I love that. Maybe. Figure out who who a, who a blue blood actually is. Just just who is a blue blood. Mm. And yeah, and we figure maybe maybe that's what we do. Maybe next summer like you and I sit down and we we we've come out we've said we're team blue blood. We always cheer for the blue bloods, but who are the blue bloods? Yeah, we we do the folks, we, we do the blue, folks a ten part series. The blueprint. <laughs> Here's a ten part series. The blueprint of a blue blood. It all started with the yeah. bag. Um, I got I got one more story for you that uh, I, uh one more bit of journalism that I wanted to bring up bring your attention. So Mike Davis, yes, uh, is the new head coach at Detroit Mercy. Um, I, I don't when when did Detroit start becoming Detroit Mercy? By the way, they just kind of snuck that in there where they were no longer. Detroit. Back in Dick Vitale's day, they were just Detroit. Yeah, they're Detroit e- Mercy. E- anyway. Even like back to like Ray McCallum Jr., they were Detroit. Like they, they this is a recent addition, right. right? Yeah, yeah. They they throw in the Mercy anyway. He left Texas Southern. He's now the coach at Detroit Mercy. Uh, and Andy Katz writes an article about this, about how Mike Davis. The headline reads this: Tate Mike Davis admits he wasn't ready at Indiana, <laughs> but he's ready to prove himself at Detroit Mercy. And uh, I, I don't disagree with that. I read the article and I, I read the headline. And I said, yes, that's true. Mike Davis probably was not ready at Indiana. Um, but then here, here's where Andy Katz comes like just right out of the gate. It's, it's, it's fantastic. He says the first, first of all, he, he, the, the first sentence of the, uh, the column is one se- or the first paragraph is one sentence. The second paragraph is one word. <laughs> so he does that out of the gate. Nice. It says no coach was put in a tougher situation. New paragraph. None. I've covered the sport. I've cut a new paragraph. I've covered the sport since the mid 1980s. And I can't think of any other that rivals what Mike Davis had to do in September, 2000. And, um, was that fight Bob Knight when Bob Knight found out he was taking over? Cause I'm sure that he basically, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, he, he basically is like, yeah, he had to take over for Bob Knight and it was very, very <laughs> tough. And, um, I just, I, I found that absolutely hilarious because I mean, we're, we're pretending like Scott drew, did not take over for Dave Bliss after after Baylor basketball players murdered each other and Dave Bliss covered it up. Yeah, that that sounds covered up in Dave Yeah, yeah. that might have been a tougher job, but it's not a blue blood. So it was pretty funny. Andy Katz, just like us, is blue only he, he's only talking blue bloods in this article. Is from what I can tell. Um. Also, uh, what about what about uh, Coach Cal? He has a tough job every year, Tate. I feel like that doesn't get talked about. Got a, you got a he new gets these young kids. Yeah, new team every year. Yeah. It's the only coach that's doing that. So that's what's going on is uh the, all these stories coming out. It's it's but yeah, Mike Davis is going to Detroit. It's the the, the Mike Davis the, Mike Davis is like a well you can keep going back to because he followed Bob Knight and he obviously coached at Indiana, which is is it a blue blood? I don't know. Turn it tune in next summer. We'll discuss. Uh, but you you can always like write that story like five years from now. You someone can like go find Mike Davis and be like, let's talk about that O two Indiana team and what it was like to take over for Bob Knight. And he's like, yeah, I got some thoughts. And then you sit down <laughs> and you talk about it and write that article about did Mike Davis get a fair shake at Indiana? <laughs> hmm, I don't know. I don't know, folks. Let's figure it out. Uh, I will say this. I think we brought Mike Davis. I think this story came from Mike Davis hearing that Greg Oden was in, and we discussed, you know, his oh, recruitment. Oh, the Sharon Collins? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I kind of think dude, that's where this is coming from because it, it's just too close for him to say he wasn't speaking ready. Of which, speaking of which, uh, I have another development in the Mike Davis recruitment of Greg Oden and Mike Conley, but I was told not to mention it on the pod. Um, mm. It comes from Conley himself. Big time tease, I know. I'm 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 just, sorry, but just just call me call me off me, the air. Call me off the air and tell me. Yeah, he he told me you left out the best part, and then he told me what the best part was, and then I was like, Mike, I have to say this on my podcast. He's like, you cannot do that, and then I was and I said, you can say it when you come on. So oh, maybe nice. there's a way we we interview Mike, we get hit, we we pull it out of him. I'm just gonna ambush him and have him tell the story. And yeah, we'll go to Top Golf, but, but and it, we'll get him get, to we'll get him. Lose. It gets even better. Yeah, perfect, perfect, good for Mike Davis. Um, Anything else before we go? Uh, shout out to the Charlotte Hornets. New court. 
throwing it back to the hive. That was my childhood. Did that, they, that was. Did they name that after Roy Williams too? Yes, exactly. They did. Uh, the Roy Williams Court, uh, brought to you by Buzz Peterson, Michael Jordan, and Mitch Kupchak, and the rest of the Carolina family. Um, yeah. Do you want to defend your your alma mater for naming a court after uh, a guy like like? Can we, can we oh, wait like a three time know, a, like, a three time uh, champion? Yeah. Can we make? Can we wait like I don't know maybe one full calendar year until after the the academic thing was resolved? It's all resolved. I mean, it's all resolved, baby. It's all resolved. Good. I know it good is. Job, but like, Coach Williams. like the sec, the split <laughs> second that it gets resolved, you're like, Coach Williams is yeah. in the clear. Let's name the court after him. Yeah, I mean, pat, on, the, pat that on. man on the back. If if Coach K can have a whole ville named after him, my God, let the man have his court. My goodness. Uh, my my last my my last comment I want to make is uh, John Beeline had double pipe bypass surgery. Um, thoughts and prayers, John Beeline. Yes. Full recovery. Yes. We're we're rooting for you. Go, the, Coach Beeline. The, um. Was my question to you, Tay, is was Swaggy Pool in the operating room like Snapchatting the whole thing? And have you seen the video? <laughs> I just thought about this. Have you seen this video? Um, it was, it was like a Vine. I don't remember how old it is. This is like this is deep inter- This is a deep cut internet video. Um, there's this video of this kid that looks like Bieber. He must be like 14 years old. He's got the like the the, the flip hair thing, mm. like the uh, the two a days, the Hoover High School two a days oh, yeah. haircut. You yeah, know what yeah. I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah, yeah. The John Parker got, like, Wilson. That's what hair. they call it. Yeah, the John Parker yeah, yeah. Wilson. He's got that hair going on. Uh, he's standing in front of what looks like a hospital bed where there's an old man and uh, uh, there's an old lady like bending over like basically it looks like the man's on his deathbed and like his wife is saying goodbye to him. And then this kid is like lip singing. I forget what the song is. He's lip singing like a beeper song <laughs> in front of it, but it's supposed to be like a love song. And it's like the most it's the funniest thing in the world because it's like so bad how you know what I'm saying? Like the, the, the image of this kid, like the lip optics. singing and trying yeah, to turn yeah. the optics, aren't the optics good. of like trying to, <laughs> trying to turn your grandfather dying into content is mm. like, just, so my question to you is was Swaggy Pool doing this as John Beeline was, uh, getting a double bypass surgery the, in the operating room. There's no doubt about just, uh, it. I could totally see on Snapchat. Just like, I could totally Coach see B worried about you. <laughs> no, I, I imagine him in scrubs, like there at the operating table. And then, like, Coach Beeline's about to go under, and all he sees is Swaggy Pool, and he's got the gloves on. And it's like Michael Jackson Thriller gloves, you know what I mean? And he's just like, let's get it. And he's like, oh, my God, what is what is going on? And then Swaggy Pool. And then Wagner here. cuts in front of Swaggy Pool. <laughs> yeah. and it, put, it puts on his own gloves. <laughs> yeah, it puts on his own gloves. Um, oh, man. All right, that's it. Uh, we, we, we were going to get to Dirty Laundry, by the way. I, a lot of people are listening. If you're still listening, you're wondering why we didn't do Dirty Laundry because we promised last week. We are going to do it soon. Uh, we Blame got a Kyle. handful of submissions. Kyle was mm-hmm. Kyle was in charge of compiling them. Kyle's not here this week, right? Yeah, he's well, he's doing Bill's podcast. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yep. We see where Kyle's priorities are. Nice. Yep. We've been bumped nice, again. Kyle. Thanks, Kyle. Nepo- yeah, nepotism at its finest. <laughs> just uh, You just get to take my producer. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting, um, but Kyle was in charge of of compiling them. He couldn't he couldn't make it. He was preoccupied with more important stuff, uh, such as producing other podcasts. Uh, but we we are still going to do that. So send in your dirty laundry submissions. Um, any any fun stories you have about guys you played with, guys you saw on campus? Oh, please leave out their names. We are not trying to ruin anyone's life. We're just trying to laugh at all the absurd shit that goes on mm-hmm. with college basketball players and around the college basketball world. Uh, so send those to at One Shining Pod. Our DMs are open on Twitter. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it, Tate. And also, don't forget the Duke ESPN thing. I think it starts next week, right? Yeah, the Duke it, ESPN Plus. It's right around the yeah. corner. The, it's here. It's the time. ESPN Plus show where Duke is. Where are they traveling again? I'm so I get so lost because like Notre Dame's going to the Bahamas, Kentucky's going to the Bahamas, Carolina's going to the Bahamas. They're going to Canada. That's right. They're going oh, to Canada for, for RJ. RJ that's right. They're going for the number one player yeah. in the world, RJ Barrett. That's the right. Number one player in the in the in, in the country coming up this this year. Uh, yeah, that's starting. I think it's next week, if I remember right. If I have my dates, I think it's like August fourteenth, which is seven days from today, which seven days in a week would mean next week. Yeah, next week. Uh, the ESPN Plus Duke thing. Check. Don't forget that. Also, another reminder tape for the people. Just a, a little tease. The Patino Book Club will be starting. I, I thought about this, by the way. So the book comes out September 4th, which is a Tuesday. Mm. Uh, we record our podcast on Tuesday. So mm. uh, we, we got to give people some time to like go out and buy the book and read it, which means we are we, we probably are not going to talk about the book on September 4th, but we will talk about it a week later, which would be September 11th date. 
How about that? Mm. The stars are aligned. Yes. For yes. Rick Pitino. Well, so we'll do it. Why in, did his book not come out on September 11th? By the way, yeah, that's that was the best thing he could have done. But but we're gonna pay tribute to you know the building that was named after you know his friend and and all this stuff in regards to 9/11, yeah, of course. So that that's what we'll do. That's perfect. That's the, perfect. The, the never forget the building at Louisville where the strippers were having sex, were committing statutory rape on recruits uh, was named after Rick Pitino's friend who died in 9-11. So, yeah, he brought it ipso up facto, first. Yeah. Ipso facto, do not ever criticize Rick Pitino, please. Yeah, you don't get it. Please. You you wouldn't understand the layers to this, says Rick Pitino. Deny, All right, deny that's until it. you die. Oh, also, my buddy told me, uh, Keller told me before I go, I, for, I forgot this, my barbecue story. For, for those of you who listened last week and I told my story about going to barbecue, I left out the best part, Tate, that uh, a, a little... A little addition to the story um at the very end of the class we all had to stand up and raise our right hand and give an oath to protect like to use our our eyes our nose and our mouth to protect like the american way of life and justice in america and we all had to like repeat this oath <laughs> i forgot to add that part to the story last week so i wanted to get that in and because that was like one of the best parts of my, my barbecue extravagance if you have no idea what i'm talking about go listen to last week's show that is pretty much it. That's all I have to talk about today. You have anything else before we go? That's all I have. This has been another uh, great edition of One Shining Podcast. Please call me so I can hear this Conley story. Sorry, America, you won't hear. Yeah, it. I'll, uh, sorry, America. We, we'll get we'll get Mike on the pod. I'll have him tell it, or you know, maybe I just get I I, I get in the right frame of mind. And I'll just tell it and apologize later. <laughs> yeah. Say, sorry, Mike. It just slipped out. Yeah. Don't, don't ask happened. permission. That's, ask that's probably more likely. Yes. You're gonna have to listen. You're gonna have to listen to every podcast from now until the time I tell the story, just to make sure. So please, please subscribe, like, review, tell your friends, all that shit. You know the drill. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, we will be back next week. Save the crew. Cool.